Morning Motivation with Brittany Daniel. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you guys? Happy Thursday. It is August 8th. Oh, it's not August, Britt. August is over. (laughs) It is September 8th. Time is flying. I hope you guys are doing great today. Happy Thursday. If you are watching internationally, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. I hope that you guys are doing well. Welcome back to the Morning Motivation. I'm your host, Brittany Daniel. And on Morning Motivation, I give you a daily dose of motivation for the morning or for your day. We talk spirituality. Um, we talk just a great living and join the conversation by listening live. Or if you can't listen live, you can always listen on my podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to like, you guys. As soon as you come in, don't forget to like, subscribe. Uh, go ahead and give say your good mornings in the chat so we can shout you out. I hope that you guys are doing well. I'm super excited today just to chat and catch up. So today we are going to continue our reading of A Purpose-Driven Life by Rick Warren. This has been the book that we have been diving into, along with some other topics. Um, Transformed by the Truth is chapter 24. Why do I feel like we skipped a chapter? No, we talked about how we grow yesterday. Okay, so it's Transformed by Truth is something we will dive into today. And yeah, is there anything, and if there's anything that anybody's dealing with or has questions about, go ahead and leave them in the chat as well, and we'll go ahead and talk about it today. But um, before we get started, let's say our morning prayer and jump into the uh, comments. But if you are not spiritual or religious, or you do not subscribe to the religious faith, I hope that it's okay that I pray for you anyway, and that you stick around. You never know, you might learn something, Um, and there's no discrimination here. So whatever your background is, whatever you believe, you are welcome, and you can also chime in as well in the comments. But um, let's say our morning prayer, everyone. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for waking us up today. Thank you for guiding our steps and leading us to fellowship together. I pray that anybody listening now and later, they get something that they can take with them for today and to help them grow and evolve and become a better person and to do the things that are are pleasing in your sight. I pray that everyone understands their purpose and they understand why they're here. And for those of you that don't know, I pray, Lord, that you reveal their purpose and whatever they are called to do, they can walk in that. In your darling son, Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Amen. I really care about purpose, y'all. And that's a big reason why we're reading A Purpose Driven Life. I was talking to somebody last night and I mentioned like, it doesn't matter the things that we want. That's great, right? Family, friends, all of that is great. That is a bonus, I believe. And this is a part of our journey. Everything that we have, everything that we are called to do, why we are who we are, who we're connected to, all of that is important. But if we do not have purpose, then we, you know, we don't want to miss the mark. So we just want to make sure everybody is is just fulfilling their purpose as much as possible and doing the things that they are called to do. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning. So let's go ahead to the morning shout out. If this is your first time watching live, let me know where you're watching from. Good morning, Felicia. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Destiny. Good morning, such a lady. Good morning, Melon and Honey. Good morning, Brittany. Good morning, Cookie Monster. Good morning, Queen. Good morning, Shador. Good morning, Lacey. Good morning, May. Good morning, Norma. Good morning, Naturally Ann. Good morning, Cooking with Raw. Good morning, Nana. Good morning, Elle. Hey, Elle, girl. Hey, she, Amber. Good morning. Thank you, Purple Love. I appreciate that. Good morning, Venetia. How are you? Good morning, Terrence. I'm I'm getting more. You know, it's interesting. I'm getting more males. Shout out to the males in the building, growing spiritually and developing. Ow. 
Love to see it. Good morning, Terrence. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From Memphis 10, Memphis in the building. Good morning, Jessica. Good morning, Serene. Is it Serene? Serene, good morning. Oh, thank you, Aubrey. I appreciate that. And the show has changed me. Wow, that's awesome. I appreciate that. Good morning, Serencia. I appreciate it. Good morning, Christine. I hope you guys are doing very well today. Thank you guys for joining me on Morning Motivation. We have a lot to talk about. So today I was listening to the God, the Godmother herself, Oprah, Miss Oprah Winfrey. And there are a few things that she said um, that really resonated with me and things that we've talked about before we dive into the purpose-driven life. And one of the things she was saying is how, remember the other day we were talking about um, how everything doesn't always happen for a reason, but sometimes it happens because we have made them happen <laughs> because we have intervened or we made a choice and we made a decision. And she said something very profound that I wanted to talk to you guys about. She said, no matter what happens, right? No matter what decisions we make, every lesson, good, bad, or indifferent is here to teach us something. And I don't want us to ever be fearful of making mistakes. I don't ever want us to be fearful of not getting everything right. Do we want to follow God's lead? Absolutely. Do we want to do the things and walk and be in pleasing in his sight? Absolutely. But don't, I know I can't speak for you guys, but it, there were times where I didn't want to make a decision or I was hasty to make a decision or I was like tiptoeing around a decision because I was fearful of what would come. I was fearful of the outcome. I was fearful that I would not be able to step up to the plate or that I would be uh, over my head and over my head. There were a lot of fears that I used to have. But one thing that I've learned by just taking action, taking control over your life, because there's only so many things that we can control in our lives, right? We don't get to control the weather. We don't get to control, you know, how other people are, how our bosses may act this day or how your children may act this day. There's so many things out of your control, but there's so many things in your control. And the things that we have control of, it's like, why not do our best to, to look at the bright side, to to think positively about them. And I always say this, never beat yourself up when things don't go the way that you plan, but never, never, ever, ever be scared to make a choice or a mistake. One thing I always say is pray about every decision that you want to make. Make sure you have God's input because the times that I've just done it myself and did not get his input and did not get his blessing or yay or nay, I've always been like, oh, was I supposed to do that? <laughs> and I feel like I was like, well, why didn't you ask me first? Like, why you take why you take matters into your own hands without asking me first? But asking God and talking to God about your decisions before you make them can give you clarity. He can either tell you yes, no, he's silent. You can't hear him. Um, for me, that means wait a little longer and understand that any decision that you make and any outcome that happens, good, bad or indifferent, is always there to shape you. And you can learn lessons from them. So never be scared or fearful of, quote unquote, making the wrong decision or making a mistake. You can always turn those into lessons. You can, And then it doesn't matter how bad things got. It doesn't matter how bad you may have screwed up. Maybe you ended a relationship and you're like, oh, my God, why did I do that? Or maybe you quit a job prematurely and you're like freaking out. 
it is what it is. One thing we can never do is go back to the past and change anything. So you spend this much time dwelling on woulda, coulda, shouldas, because we can get so trapped up and hemmed up in, I wish I would have done this. I could have done this. Why didn't this person do this? One thing about it, we can't change how anybody is going to act, do, say, feel. We can't change other people, right? We cannot do that. So you want to spend this much time in woulda, coulda, shoulda land. Because what woulda, coulda, shoulda land, actually kind of didn't get this saying from Amanda Seals, but she, <laughs> in her standup, Amanda talked about, you know, we were rem- she was reminiscing on when the Obamas were in office in America, right? And she was like, don't stay in that memory too long. She was like, get in and get out. And that's how we have to do with regret. That's how we, what we have to do with disappointment or wishing things would have went a certain way, or maybe we did something and we wish we hadn't. You can only spend this much time thinking about that. It's something to to maybe contemplate on so we know how to move forward in the in, in the future, but we never want to spend too much time in in that in that memory or that regret or going through scenarios of, well, if I would have done this, then this would have happened or because we can't change it. We cannot change it. So the best thing we can do for ourselves is accept what we've done, good, bad, or indifferent. What did we learn from it? What can we learn from it? And what are we going to decide that we're going to do moving forward? Because of the only thing that we can do is move forward. We cannot go back. We cannot re- reroute the past. I remember I had something happen to me a few months ago or a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, dang, I wish I could go back and just do that one. If I would have just did this little piece different, everything would have changed. And as great as that that memory would have been or that instance would have been I you can't do that there's no time machine there's there's nothing so the first thing is we always want to make sure that we're making the best decisions that we know how be comfortable in your decision um what I was, was going to say um stand firm in your decision if you are still wishy-washy about your decision don't make it in haste Make sure that you're clear, confident about your decision, because when you make a decision in confidence, whatever happens, at least you're like, you know, well, that was my decision. And I wasn't always at that place. I would always be like, well, what do you think? What do you think, She Amber? What do you think, uh, Destiny? What do you think, Cookie Monster? What do you think, Terrence? What do you? I would always go to all these other people to just to see what they thought. And it's so funny. I have a good friend. I don't know if you guys know uh, Miss Brittany M. She's here on YouTube as well. Y'all drinking my smoothie. Al health as well. It's so funny because we were at um a birthday dinner and we were talking about Brittany and Brittany, Brittany's the type of person she will call you to get your advice, but she's going to do what she wants to do. And I love that about her. And I was like, I love that about you because you're not swayed either way from the decisions that you make. And I don't know if she's just collecting information. She's getting other people's viewpoints so she can square them up with her own, because the Bible does say, have many advisors. I think that that's very wise. People that you trust, people that you respect their decisions, you respect their lives. You know, they have good fruit or, you know, some people that you know have your best interests at heart. It's okay to be like, well, what do you think about this? Right. Or getting different ideas or viewpoints, but ultimately making your own decisions because it's your life. You can't say, you know, you can make a decision like, well, Brittany told me that's true, but that's why I always try to empower you guys to always make your own decisions because it's going to impact your life. So when we're out there trying to make decisions, 
we're always we're out there trying to make things happen. We want to make sure that we're making our own decisions and we can stand firm in them. And no matter what happens, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's always going to be something you can learn from. It's going to be something you can grow from, or it's going to be something like, you know what? I ain't doing that no more. (laughs) And that is okay too, because it's all learning. It's all growing. It's all just becoming the best versions of ourselves as we can waste this much time beating yourself up. No, you can hold yourself accountable, but don't go into the spiral of beating yourself up. I talk about that in the ebook. There's so many, there's so many ways that you can talk to yourself and become your own best friend, beating up, beating yourself up or harassing yourself or making a decision or quote unquote, what the wrong decision was or staying too long or being with him when you didn't want to be with him, all those things. It does, it does nothing for you. So make sure that when you're making these decisions out here and you're going and you're and you're creating this life that you truly want, that it's okay that you're making the best decisions for you and that you're also um, standing firm in your decisions. And then if they don't go according to plan, my bad, made a mistake. What did I learn? Am I going to do that again? Okay, let's move on. Don't waste any, don't waste too much space and time and regret the woulda, shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Accept it, let it go, and move on. It's all this the best to me. It's the best thing you can do. Dwelling into the I wish I would have, shoulda, coulda, uh, uh-uh. uh. It don't do nothing for us. <clears throat> so we're in chapter twenty four, transformed by the truth. So let's see what the purpose driven life has to say. And then I see Serene is from Queens, New York. Ah, Queens in the building, or New York in the building. She said, "Good morning, Queen." New York in the building. What's up? (laughs) I love New Yorkers. They're hilarious. I love New Yorkers. Okay. So chapter 24, transformed by truth. People need more than bread for their life. They must feed on every word of God. That's Matthew 4 and 4. And it says God's gracious word can make you into what he wants you to be and give you everything that you could possibly need. Acts 20 and 32. The truth transforms us. Spiritual growth is is the process of replacing lies with truth. Jesus prayed, um, sanctity, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Sanctification requires revelation. The spirit of God uses the word of God to make us like the son of God. To become like Jesus, we must fill our lives with his word. The Bible says, through the word we put together, through the word, we put together and shape us for the task of, that God has for us. God's word is unlike any other word. It is alive. Jesus said, the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are our life. When God speaks, things change. When God speaks, things change. Everything around you, all of the all of creation exists. God said He spoke it in all into existence. Without God's word. Without God's word, you would not even be alive. James pointed out God decided to give us life through the word of the truth so that we might we might be most important of all things he made. Okay, so it talks about God's word being the truth. God's word being the truth. And I don't know about you guys. Right. But for me, the Bible is a is is I wouldn't say so much religion. And this is the reason why I would not call, and I've heard this too by uh, 
Myron Golden said this as well, and I believe this. I don't look at the Bible as a religious text. Yes, my Bible is a little old, beat up, y'all. <laughs> I don't look at it as a religious text. And for a few reasons, for me, Jesus was not a Christian. Christianity didn't exist during biblical times. Most of the, they were Jewish. Um, I look at, so this is not like, they call it a Christian book, but it's technically, in my personal opinion, it's not. This is what Christians follow, but it's not a religious book. What it is, is it's a, in my personal opinion, a manual of life, a manual of your left and right limits, the things that you should and shouldn't do. It really gives you insight on wisdom, guidance. It gives you stories and scriptures to follow, uh, how to pray. It teaches you how to live life on, especially on a surface level, especially on a surface level. Does it get too deep into spirituality? Not so much. It doesn't talk about you know, meditation or connecting with God on a different level like that. It gives you your left and right limits as a person. It tells you, hey, if you do this, this may happen. Or I want you to do this. I don't want you to do this. I want you to do this. I don't want you to do this. And so I look at this as kind of like a blueprint of life, kind of like what God intends for us to do. And when you are, yes, she ever says, I see it as a life book. Absolutely. I see it as the same way. It teaches us about money. It teaches us about family. It teaches us about um, our bodies and what we should intake and what we shouldn't do and sexual sin and all of these things and why sexual sin is so, or sex is looked at as sin outside of being with one person because it harms our bodies if we're reckless with it, right? Because of STDs and, and all of these other things. So I think that that's very important. And I believe a lot is true in here. And some people can argue that things are contradictory and I believe that, but I think life, to be honest, is a big contradictor, big contradiction. Oh, you live to die. It's very interesting, but I love that. It says that his word is the truth and without his word, we would not be here. Good morning. It's a book. Yeah, I love that. Serene says it's a book of guidance. Absolutely. So when people say, oh, well, you know, what religion? It's like, it's not about religion when it comes to the Bible. It's all about Becoming the person that God has purposed you to be, becoming the people that God has purposed us and called us to be on this planet. It teaches us how to live and act towards one another. It teaches us that we, you know, how to treat one another and how we should go about our daily lives and how we should invest our money and give our money. And anything that you want to learn is in here, right? So, for instance, anytime I was just say, if I was just scrolling, and I love teaching. I love talking about this because if you haven't opened it in a while or if you are not um, a person who believes, which is fine, that teach their own. You have to get there when you're ready. Right. Cookie Monster is like a roadmap. Absolutely. Everything you want to learn is in the back. Somebody give me um, somebody give me a topic. It talks about protection. Everything is in the back. So if you want to have some uh, scriptures about respect, rest, revealing, love, uh, quiet, race, rebel, redemption. Everything is laid out for you. Salvation, the Sabbath. You know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of he say, she say on what is what. And I would do this as well. Anytime somebody tells you what's in the Bible, have them give you a verse or have them point you in the right direction. Because we, we, we've we proven on morning motivation that sometimes people like to drop stuff and tell you what God said and then dip. And then when you go read it yourself, 
and you read above and below the scripture, you're like, that's not what that's not what God was talking about. <laughs> like we were talking about um, one day we were talking about how women should, quote unquote, dress modestly. Right. And um, to a certain degree, I understood what the person was referring to. But in the Bible, it talked about during worship. It didn't say day to day lives. Um, so I thought that was interesting because they made their comment. They didn't like what I said. And they was like, well, this is what it says. And they left. But then when we pulled it up, it had nothing to do with day to day life. It was talking about in a place of worship. Sydney says, I consider a religious text because it's a guidebook for the people of the Christian religion, followers of Christ, even though some folks aren't who aren't uh, get the guidance from it. Oh, absolutely. And that's fine. Most Christians do. You know, the Bible is that. But what I'm saying is nobody in the Bible is a Christian. Does that make sense? Like Christians follow the Bible, of course. But nobody in the Bible is a Christian. Christian Christianity did not exist in the Bible, which was it's just very interesting to me. Um, Christianity came after Christ. So that's why I don't look at it as a religious text, even though, you know, it is. It's what um, that's what we do. We follow. But it's just me. That's just my personal perspective and opinion. I still believe in it, though. I still this is a powerful book. This is a very uh, if you haven't cracked it open, I definitely highly recommend you do. And, and study it and, and see what it says to you because everybody's interpretation is different. You understand? Like we can read the same thing. Me and Sydney could read a verse. Sydney can have her perspective on it. I can have my perspective on it. I think the thing that bothers me about Christianity at times, and this is just my person, this is what I've been through. So I'm not trying to, um, what is it called? Um, push anything out on you all is that we just sometimes just listen to the preacher and that's it. We don't read for ourselves or we'll hear perspectives. Like I went to a church where they didn't believe in using instruments because the, one of the verses said to uh, exalt God with your voice. So they didn't believe in instruments. Do you see what I'm saying? So that's when we know the text for ourselves, when we can read it for ourselves, I just incline anybody to just do your own work. and. Peep open into what some other spiritual documents. Pe peek into the Quran and see what that's, that looks like. Peek into Buddhism and see what it looks like. It doesn't mean that you're anti-Christ or that you're, you're not a Christian, but see what other religions say as well. Because what happens a lot of times, and this is just my personal, my personal perspective, to each their own, do you. But I feel like sometimes we can be so boxed in as Christians, like by being told, you know, whatever we're told in church, and we don't even hear or examine or even look at other sources and where it comes from, or just being a study of religion. I'll give you a perfect example of why that's okay. When you go to school to be a preacher, right? If you are, if you go to seminary school, you learn about religion in general. You don't just learn about the Bible. Only in, only in the Christian church was I told that this is the only text that you need. Outside of that, if you, if I were to wanted to be a preacher, and I start my education and I go to seminary, I'm learning everything. You learn a vast majority of religious texts. You question things. You're an actual scholar. So you research. So I don't want anybody to ever feel like if I do that, I'm wrong. No, you're not. You're just a human being. And what will end up happening is it'll strengthen, at least for me, it strengthened my belief. You know, the more I looked into other religions, the more I 
um, question like, okay, well, why do they believe what they believe and how do they get there? And, and, and what is, what's the difference and why do, you know, when I started examining my heart always came back to Christianity because that's what worked for me. That's what, that's what clicked. That's where, where I was most, most connected to, you know, um, Sydney says, dang, I thought they talked about Christians, Christians in the new Testament. If you give a, if you, if you point out a verse and I'm not saying that you're wrong, but if you point out a verse, let me know. Or if somebody knows a verse, let me know. And we can talk about it for sure. And I'm not trying to look, I agree. This is an open conversation. I'm not trying to tell nobody what to believe in or anything like that. But from my understanding, because Jesus is, is, is alive all the way up until what chapter? Um, no, I don't believe in, I don't remember seeing anything about Christianity because they were all Jewish. Jesus and the disciples were all Jewish beings. That's why Jewish people don't believe in Christian faith because it, it didn't exist before Jewish, uh, the Jewish faith. Does that make sense? So that's why it's very important to understand and just know and just learn and question things and see where your heart brings you back to. You know what I mean? Sydney says, facts, why do people take what the pastor says as law when they've seen it for years that some of them aren't even God? And the, but that's another good, but that's another conversation. I think it goes back to what we were taught in slavery is don't question God, right? When we, I think, I think this is my theory. Um, when we were enslaved in America, when we were enslaved, we were taught, we, we weren't, it was illegal for us to read, right? It was illegal for us to read. And with fear, religion, Christianity, we were kept in bondage. We were told, cause there's, there's verses in the Bible that tell you that if you're a slave, do right by your slave master and things like that. So I think that when you questioned it or something didn't come to you, you were, you were challenging authority. Right. And so that was looked down upon. Of course you couldn't do that. Um, but now we're not in those oppressive times. So I do believe like God made us question everything else. This is, this is my logic behind it. God makes us question everything else in life, right? You have to, if you want to, if you want to learn anything, you have to go to school and question it. If you want to learn about the body, you have to go to school and question it. If you want to learn about psychology or the brain, you have to go to school and question it. You have to do papers, research. Nothing is just because somebody said so. You have to show, improve why something is the way it is. And I feel like what has trickled down from our history is don't question. You know, same thing with like kids, kids are seen and not heard or same kind of rhetoric, just different, right? I think that's where that comes from is why people are, I've been taught not to question. And when you challenge people and they don't have, the autonomy to just say, I don't know, or, Hey, let's go do some research or, Hey, let's look for the answer. That makes them uncomfortable. People don't want a lot of people who, uh, especially in that sector. And this is just my personal beliefs. You guys let me know what you think. It, anytime people, they get really territorial and very scared that the things that they believed and they were taught are challenged. It, it freaks them out because it's like, I've believed this my entire life. What do you mean? I'm, no, 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 that's not true. It's like they go haywire a little bit. And I've been there. I've been, I've been the person that you couldn't tell me about Jesus. You couldn't tell me about God. And you questioning what? 
And I would get freaked out and I get so emotional to the point where I would cry and get upset. And it's just like, well, mature, <laughs> we got to be mature about it. And, and just like, okay, I see your perspective. It's okay to have different perspectives on things. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. Say, girl, we good, girl. You know that. I know. Uh, Serene says, uh, there are things that are still yet needing, uh, needing to be understood. And I think that that's what people have to do for themselves. That's what people uh, have to do for themselves. Oh, well, thank you, um, Terencia. Okay, I'm going to open it. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I even had a pastor who said to never question God. I died. We will. And Purpose Driven Life told us otherwise. Okay, Acts 11 and 20. I love this. I love when y'all give me scripture. So we can look at it together and learn together because y'all, I don't know everything. I did not read the whole Bible. Okay. I do not know everything. Acts 11 and 26. And if y'all got y'all Bibles, <laughs> why does this always turn into a uh, ghetto Bible study? If y'all got your Bibles, turn to Acts <laughs> 11 and, and, and 26. <laughs> ah. Okay. 654. I have to go to. 654. Let's see. I love this because I love to learn. I love to be, you know, tell me if I ain't right. Let me know. I don't want to be up here saying the wrong thing. Okay. Acts 11 and 26. Uh -oh. Let's see what it says. I was watching a video last night uh from Stephen Darby Ministries and that spoke that Nat Turner uh believe being stood over as he preached to slaves making sure on that he only spoke the parts about slavery that it that's true you know what i mean and hebrews too i need the scripture though you can't just put out the hebrews hebrews is a book i need the i need the i need the actual scripture so um okay Acts 11 and 26. Let's see what it says. Peter explains his actions is the verse. It says church of Enoch of Siren. Okay, that's where they're at. Let's see. Acts 11 and 26. Well, okay, so 11 and 26 says he found, he found him. He brought him back to Enoch. Antioch. Enoch? You know these names in the Bible. Enoch. Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. It was at Anoch that they that the believers were first called Christians. Okay. That's way in Acts. So look at where we at in the Bible. We way in the back. Okay. During this time, some prophets traveled from Jerusalem to Antioch or Anoch. Uh, one of them named, okay, I don't know his name. Abagus, Abagus stood up in one of the meetings and predicted by the spirit, predicted by the spirit that a great famine was coming upon the entire Roman world. This was, this was filled during the reign of Colitis. So they believed in, and they, so the believers in Anak decided to send their relief for the brothers and sisters 
Okay, so this was James killed and Peter in prison. So this was right after Jesus passed away. Okay. I have to read into this a little bit more. Peter explains his actions. Soon the news reached the apostles and other believers in Judah and the Gentiles had received the word from God. But when Peter went back to Jerusalem, the Jewish, the Jewish believers criticized him. You entered the home of the Gentiles and even ate with them, they said. Then Peter told them exactly what happened. Okay, I got to read into this and what happened before. So it was in that church when they first called themselves Christians, but there was a reason why they did that. So I guess this has happened all after uh, after Jesus passed. Okay, so thank you, Serena. I appreciate that. I'm going to go back and read that. So make sure you guys mark that in your Bibles. 11 and 26 to get better understanding, but thank you. Um, let's see. Absolutely. The pastor be the main one question. <laughs> Stop, she Amber. But you were correct with most, especially the Old Testaments were Jews. Now, everybody was Jews before Jesus passed, right? Hebrews. And Peter 4 and 16. Come on, ghetto Bible study. I love this. I love this, y'all. And if you have your Bibles, let me know too. I love it. Because we all got to be better. We all need to know. Is it 1 Peter or 2 Peter? 1 Peter uh, 738. So what we're talking about right now for anybody that came in is when did they first call themselves Christians? 743. First Peter. First Peter. I love Peter. Look at I got Peter all marked up. Look at Peter. Peter 4 and 16. 4 and 16. 4 and 16. Okay, so I'm going to start reading 4 and 14. So be happy you are exalted from being Christians, from being a Christian. Hmm. Okay, so it says 14. I'm going to start. First Peter 4 and 14 says, so be happy you are insulted for being a Christian. For then the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble or prying into people's affairs, but it is no it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Gotcha. Praise God for the privilege of being called his name. For the time has come for the judgment and it okay, I see what you mean, judgment and it must it must begin with God's household with God's house, household and if judgment begins with us what terrible fate awaits those who I need some glasses, y'all, who never who have never obeyed God's good news. And also, if the re- righteous are barely saved, what will happen to the godly sinners? And four and 16. OK. I see what you mean. OK. OK, I love that. Thank you. Thank you for letting me know. So it was after. Jesus passed is when they started calling themselves Christians and saying that, 
you know, we're lucky to be called Christian. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Okay. I like that. Thank you for teaching. So I learned something that says, but Jesus came. So the Jews and Gentiles could be saved. Absolutely. Antioch. Okay. That's what I thought. I know there's a city called Antioch, but I didn't know if that was how you pronounce it. And says, Sharni says, no, you have to read the prior comments to understand what I typed in Hebrews. Oh, okay. It says, but you are correct. Most, especially in the Old Testament were Jewish, Jewish Hebrews. Is that what you meant? Let me know, y'all. It says, it was amazing that you can speak to uh, another belief and discuss, discuss, and the discussion flows cause and end of the day. We are all thriving to be great and good in God's eyes. Absolutely. Sydney says, starting from Acts 9, 11, 19 is helpful. Jesus had to be in his ministry for them to follow, to be followers of Christ. Now, let me ask you this. Again, ghetto Bible study. Good morning, Christy. Let me ask you this. So if we start from Acts 11 and 19, when did they, that was the first time they called themselves Christians, correct? So when did that happen? I wasn't saying it. It's in Hebrews. Wait, what? Sharnisa, type it again. So I can just make sure I get it right. <laughs> Type it again, just so I get the whole sentence. The morning motivators read before the verse to start. So it starts in 14. Okay. I think I did. I think I did start a little bit before that. Acts uh, 20, 11 and 26. I did. Let's see. Because it says, Peter explains his actions. Soon the news reached the apostles and other believers in Judah and that the Gentiles have received the word of God. But when Peter arrived back to Jerusalem, the Jewish, the Jewish believers criticized him. You've entered the home of the Gentiles and even ate with them, they said. Then Peter told them exactly what had happened. I was, I was in town of Joppa, he said, and while I was praying, I went into the I went into a Terrence and saw the vision. Yeah, it says Terrence and saw the vision. Something Something like a large sheet was let down by the four corners of the sky and it came down on me. When I look inside, when I look inside the sheet, I saw, I saw all sorts of tame and wild animals, reptiles, birds. And I heard a voice say, get up, Peter, kill and eat them. No, Lord, I replied. Oh, this is what they were talking. Um, this is what Sarah Jakes Roberts was talking about when God came to Peter and told him what to do. And he said, no, it says, uh, no, Lord, I replied, I will never eat anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and or unclean. But the voice of heaven spoke again. Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. This is this happened three times before the sheet. And all it's con uh, con contained was pulled back up to heaven. Just then three men who had been sent from Caesar, sent from Caesar, arrived at the house where we were staying. The Holy Spirit told me to go with them and not worry about 
worried that they were Gentiles. And so it goes on and on and on. So that's Acts 11. And you said start from... It says, yep, you did start at verse 14 and you read 1 Peter. Okay. But yeah, okay, so cool. So I have something to go ahead and read on. And that's so funny because Sarah Jakes Roberts was talking about that verse as well. Okay, so thank you. I appreciate that. So now I know where it started. Thank you. But see why I believe that's it's a good, it's good to question. It's good to ask, like, hey, where does this happen? When is this, when is this being said? When is this doing? Because everybody, I don't know. I don't know everything. I did not go to school and study this, I only know what I know. And that's why it's important to study and know what you know and ask and be around fellow believers so they can also point you in the right direction. So I appreciate everybody's uh input this morning. Thank you so much. If you guys have anything else, let me know in the comments. Really appreciate it. Okay, so cool. Got an understanding. So it does talk about Christianity, Christian being Christians after Jesus passed in the back when um, Peter is being called by God to do certain things. Cool. Got it. Thank you. All right. So it says the spirit of God uses the word of God to make us like the son of God. It says the Bible is the is far more than a doctoral guidebook. God's word generates life, creates faith, produces change frightens the devil and causes miracles, heals, hurts, builds character, transforms circumstances, impairs joy, overcomes adversity, defeats temptation, infuses hope, releases power, cleanses minds, brings things into being, um, things into being, guarantees our future forever. We cannot live without the word of God. Never take it for granted. You should you should consider it essential to your life as food. Job said, I have treated I have treasured the word with his. I have treasured the word of his mouth more than my daily bread. So it's telling us to be in our word as much as possible. God's word is spiritual nourishment. You must have to full to fulfill your purpose. The Bible called the Bible is called milk, bread, solid food and sweet dessert. Its four course meal is a spirit menu of the spiritual strength and growth. Peter advises us crave pure spiritual milk. (laughs) That sounds really weird. Crave pure spiritual milk so that by it, you may grow in your salvation. Hmm. Okay. Keep, keep reading. Let's see. Sydney says, child, not me being late for work, chatting with you. (laughs) Having Bible study. I love the vision. <laughs> Bye, Sydney. Have a great day. <laughs> Sydney said, child, got caught up in the word. <laughs> Bye, Sydney. Have a great day, love. Um, Shani says, it's not a big deal. Uh, was just using both terms, Jews and Hebrews, because Hebrews is in. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm, look at y'all teaching me. Really? I didn't know that. Sydney said, can I, <laughs> yes, you could do scripture almond milk since we don't drink milk. <laughs> y'all are hilarious. I love y'all. Y'all are hilarious. Abiding in God's word. Okay. So what this, what purpose driven life is saying is that we should be actually being fueled. Like, yes, some of us look at it as a guidebook. Some of us look at it as a religious text, but use it every day as much as we eat, drink, nourish ourselves. Um, we should be 
consuming it as often as we consume food in order to get closer to our purpose. And it says abiding in God's word. There are more Bibles in print today than ever before, but a Bible on on the shelf is worthless. How many who got to go pick up their Bible, y'all? Millions of believers are plagued with spiritual uh, anorexia. Ooh, this is millions of believers are plagued with spiritual anorexia, starving to death from spiritual malnutrition. To be a healthy disciple of Jesus, feeding on God's word must be your first priority. Jesus called it abiding. He said, if you abide in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. In the day-to-day living, abiding in God's word includes three activities. The first one is it must accept its authority. The Bible must become the authoritative standard for your life. The compass I rely on for direction and the counsel I listen to for making wise decisions and the benchmark I use for evaluating everything. The Bible must always have the first and last word in my life. Mm. Many of our troubles occur because we base our choices on unreliable authorities, culture, everybody's doing it, tradition, we've always done it, reason, it seems it seemed logical or emotional, it just felt right. All four of these are flawed by the fall. Uh, what we need is a perfect standard that will never lead us into wrong in the wrong direction. Only God's word meets this that need. Solomon reminds us every word of God, God is flawless. And Paul explains everything in this in, in the scripture in God's word. All of it is useful for teaching and helping people for the correcting for correcting them and showing them how to live. Hmm. So it's it's saying. It's saying that we got to start opening up our Bibles, y'all. It's saying that we got to start eating from the tree. Because it's saying that everything that we, if, if it, what this book is saying, A Purpose Driven Life is saying that if we want to truly fulfill, God, fulfill God's purpose and be Christians as we are called to do, right? That we need to digest and ingest this Bible like no other. Now, I think here's the tricky part. And let me know how you guys feel. Here's the tricky part about that for me. Um, and I don't disagree. I agree whole wholeheartedly, but I do believe that God moves in those things as well. I do believe God moves in your logic and in your feelings. Um, I don't believe it moves in culture because clearly culture is, is up there, but I, I don't know. Let me know how y'all feel. And it says all four of these are flawed by the fall. It says we need its perfect standard and will never lead us into wrong direction. Only God's word meets us, meets the needs. Solomon reminds us every word of God is flawless. Paul explains everything in this, everything in the scripture is God's word. Now, how did, is it everything? Everything? Okay. I'm not going to argue. All of this is useful for teaching and helping people for uh, correcting them and showing them how to live. So that's why it's extremely important. Don't just take my word for it. Don't just listen, but just really open it up and see what it says for you. See what calls you. See how God is speaking to you from what this book is saying, from a purpose driven life is saying we cannot get to our purpose properly without having the direction in, in the word of God. 
And it says, um, let's see, what else does it say? Because how much time do we have? We have about 10 minutes. And you know what? What really does suck though? Because I hear I hear this, but I feel like because, because a lot of things have happened in our religion, so to speak, or it's happened in church, it really taints this, doesn't it? Or at times for me. For me, I've read certain things and I'm just like, that's really in the Bible. Like, why would if that's really God's word, why would he say that? Why would that be a thing? And I think that that's something I personally have to pray through and pray about. Again, I'm not a preacher. I'm just here on the Internet. But I think that it is important that I learn that for myself. And I challenge anybody else to learn that as well. Like pray about the things that don't really sit right with you or that you're questioning or that you're like, how does that make sense, God? Like, wh why would you do that if this is if this is what it's supposed to be? Um, because I feel like because of society, because of the things, religion and how we uh, some of us grew up in church, it kind of clashes like the, the thought that every single thing that is mentioned is exactly what he wanted knowing that man wrote it, it's it's a little it's a little disheartening a little bit sometimes. So I, that's something I'm going to have to pray on. That's something that I'm still working on myself in. Again, I definitely recommend you read it and do it for yourself. But what it is probing me to do is opening it more frequently and reading it more and digesting it more and seeing how it, the word is going to call me to change and activate into my life. And so I really, really, really want um, if you can just start opening it up and see how it speaks to you, pray about it, pray over it, make sure that you're in alignment with what God has for you. Uh, make sure that you're reading things and you understand them. If you don't, after you read them, go seek a little bit more knowledge or go to a preacher you trust and ask them, you know, Hey, what did God mean by this? Or what did that say? But I definitely think it's something that we should do more of. If you don't do it already, I'm sure some of y'all read it every day. That has not been me, but I need to, I want to make it into something that I do every single day just to see how I see how God is speaking to me and how God, uh, what God wants me to do and to keep moving forward. Um, Serena says some of the Bible, some of the Bible is clearly inspired stories, but it will strengthen your faith. The faith thing I don't have an issue with, right? I already have faith. That's not what I, that's not what I'm referring to initially, but that's what this book is saying. And the book is saying, if you don't have faith, you don't believe, have faith of a mustard seed and it will be on to you. I believe that part, but it, there are things that you'll stumble upon where you're just, where I'm just like, you know, if you go to, I forgot what the verse is, the verse where it talks about wives submitting to your husbands. And then the next verse, it talks about slavery. You know what I mean? Especially being an African-American, it might work for some folks. And maybe that's what God wanted them to do at the time so they could have peace during that season. And I don't know. You know, I don't know. Um, that is something that I have to pray about. And, and, I, and I think that that's OK. I think that it's OK to say, hey, God, I don't like this. Why did why did this happen? Um, and see what he says to you. I have to pray about that. And, and while I'm reading. Um, figure out what speaks to me and what doesn't but not dismiss it or not say that it's not true or whatever the case may be. Um, but I think that that's okay. I think that everybody's walk is a little different. I can't sit here and say that I've read the Bible and everything that I've read just brought me peace and harmony. And no, it had me scrunch my nose up. Like what? Like, why is that even a thing? Like, why did that even happen? 
why is, you know, and even some things that you may read about God in the Bible, you know, may like question you, make you question a little bit. Like if you are this to us, then why would, you know, so I'm not telling anybody what to do again. I'm not a preacher, but I would, I would, if you have those same feelings that I do, or if you're having those same combative mental, mental angst, I guess you can say with understanding or you're having a, a difficult time, like connecting. I would really pray about that. Ask God to lead you, open it up and see, and kind of skip around and see what, what, what sticks to you. Go to the back, look up the type of uh, verses you want to read into, ask people that you trust. Like I trust y'all, you know, so thank you guys gave me some scriptures to read, but really Really dissect that relationship for yourself if you're like me. I'm sure some some of y'all are like, girl, I'm good. And that's fine. But if you are having a hard time or if you're not, if it's not really gelling with you, because I get it. I definitely understand how some things you can be like, but what? You know? So if that's something that you're dealing with, I would say read, pray, ask God for cl- ask God for clarity, ask God what, you know, ask God for a little explanation. Not that he has to tell us, you know, owe us that, but I feel like um, it's important to have that connection and that understanding with God. It's it's okay to have that relationship to just talk to him and be like, well, what's why what's going on with this? And maybe he'll give you revelation and, and peace about it so that you can move on and strengthen your relationship so that you are comfortable going to the text, that you are comfortable opening it up. Because I know some people have been so burnt it from from scripture from what people have told them from preachers from churches that they don't even touch it they're like oh, i'm good on that but i want everybody to to try their best to to open it up and see how god moves and speaks to you because if this book is true then that's the way we get to our purpose now i don't i don't think that that's the only way cuz i know god i think that god is intelligent enough to know that everybody has their own path and things like that. I don't think that he's that like, if you don't do it this way, then, but I don't know. That's what this book is saying. That's what the book. I don't know. That's what this between you and God, you got to ask yourself, but I definitely feel like I've been purpose led even before that. And sometimes things can lead you before you make it to that point where you're all hooked in and you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Okay. So this is the, the, the question of the day to think it says day 24 Thinking about your purpose, thinking about my purpose. It says a point to ponder. The truth transforms me. Verse to remember: If you continue in the in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall shall make you free. John eight thirty one and thirty two. And it says, question to consider: What has God already told me in His word that I haven't started doing yet? Hmm. Question and consider, what has God already told me in his word that I haven't started doing yet? Interestancio. Um, Venicia says, there is a verse that says anything, if anything is changed in the Bible, he would punish them. It's like reading in faith and hopes he knows your heart and that, yes, and that we are just following the Bible that was given to us. I love that. I like that. Yes, he definitely is. He definitely knows our hearts and what we are supposed to do. And we're now told what to do. So we got to do it. But I appreciate and I love thank you for all the comments. Um, 
thinking about my purpose, John 8 and 3 and 32. But thank you guys for, for, for attending Ghetto Bible Study today in the morning motivation. Thank you for helping me and teaching me along the way. This is definitely a two-way street, definitely a two-way relationship. Y'all, I do not know everything. I am still a vessel learning. And I appreciate all of the, the tips, the verses, um, the communication. I love that we can debate in a healthy way or see other perspectives without getting rah-rah or because if we're really followers of God and we really love God, then that's what we're supposed to do. So thank you guys for pouring into me today. That really means a lot. Um, you guys are helping me with my spiritual growth as I pray I help you with your spiritual growth. But like I said, if there's anything that you're struggling with or some things that don't make sense, pray, talk to God, ask God about it, open the Bible, see what, what God has to say for you and see how he may change your mind, your heart. And um, and they say it's the truth. So we got to we got to read it. What verse is Venetia I would like to look into? Venetia, do you know the verse? She Amber says um, she would love to read that verse if she can. And that's a that's a great thing. If anybody is like, if somebody comes to you and they say, well, this is in the Bible. And I'm not talking about Venetia. I'm just saying in general, because a lot of people like to throw stuff and just hide their hands. Ask them what verse is in. Ask them where they saw it from. Venetia says, Revelations. 22, 18, and 19. Thank you. I'm going to. Revelations 22, 18, 19. Okay, I'm going to mark that as well. Yeah, but make sure we're taking time, that we're looking into it, and that we're reading and we're learning for ourselves so that we can be better and we can fulfill our purpose and the purpose that God has for us here on this planet. Okay. Thank you guys. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so happy you were too. Oh, thank you. Uh, I haven't read Revelations fully and that's why I never, me neither. Because I was told that you shouldn't, see see the stuff that we're told. They, I've, I was always told you shouldn't read Revelations until you read the whole Bible. That's what somebody had told me before. So I hadn't really, I just kind of peeked into it. I hadn't really read it to, so to speak, but Crack it open, get your highlighter, get your pen, get your notebook while you're reading and see how God speaks to you. Okay. I love you guys. I hope you guys have a beautiful, blessed day. Thank you guys for coming to Ghetto Bible Study. And I will catch you guys tomorrow. Happy Friday tomorrow. I love you guys. Be safe out there. Be blessed. Have a great day. Oh, we got one more comment. <laughs> All right, y'all. Love you guys. Bye-bye.